Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome in to the latest episode of Five on the Floor on the Five Reasons Sports Network. You can also find us every day, Monday through Friday, on Dash Radio. That's 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern and 7 a.m. to 8 a.m. Pacific. Also check out FiveReasonSports.com. Spell it out F-I-V-E ReasonSports.com for all the latest South Florida sports content. We do not charge you. There is no paywall and we have more contributors than anybody else. Make sure you check out Brady Hawk's takeaways, which are posted basically as the game ends. So if you want immediate reaction, uh, check those out. And also all the transcriptions of all the press conferences, the Zoom calls that the Heat have been partaking in also check out our youtube channel one of my co-hosts today has now sort of taken over the post-game streams make sure you check out the youtube five reasons channel and there you can also find our other shows non-heat where we've got 90 minutes strong a lot of people have been tuning in for those inner miami pre-game and post-game shows so check those out as well as loaded bases and playing catch up which was with tamara brown and Kylie Wang, they basically update you on everything that goes on in South Florida sports. It's 10 minutes, easily digestible and fun. And it goes on every day, usually around 6 p.m., excuse me, every other day, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday around 6 p.m. Also check out the great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network. That, of course, includes Biscayne Bay Brewing. I was out on a boat today, so I had to make sure I got some of that. The official craft beer of Inner Miami and the Miami Marlins. South Florida's actual independent brewery. Biscayne Bay is owned by local guys who employ people in this community to make their beer right here in South Florida. These guys are committed to our community and supporting five reasons sports. So we can keep bringing you all the local sports content that you can handle. If you care about supporting local business and drinking amazing beer, grab their stuff, whether it's Marlins lager, Miami pale ale or tropical Bay IPA. That's what we had out there today at all major retailers throughout South Florida. It's the beer we're drinking at Five Reasons Sports. And now, today's episode. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a Miami Heat and NBA podcast from Ethan Skolnick with Alvon Sydney, a.k.a. ALF954. Brought to you by the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, Ethan Skolnick back here on Five on the Floor. Here's today's floor plan. I've got Alf on Sydney. I think, Alf, this is the first episode you and I have done together in a while. Um, then we've also got Adam Bore. You can follow him on Twitter at what is sort of our Twitter account now, too. Uh, Clutch NBA at 5R. Clutch NBA at 5R. It's spelled with a C, not a K. It's not LeBron's agency. Clutch NBA at 5R. Um, Adam uh, joined the network here couple of months ago and if you checked out that really cool hype video we had before the playoffs he was responsible for that adam thanks for joining us today happy to be here making my first appearance i think this is the first appearance adam's been on the streaming show though right i mean you've been on with me alfie's on Uh, he's been with me a couple times oh yeah that's where i met alf there's one time i didn't know what his name was (laughs) pretty much par for the course we actually had a couple of comments (laughs) that came in today that were noting the differences in tone between the post-game stream 
and the post-game pod. Um, you host the post-game stream. I host the post-game <laughs> pod. A lot more profanity on one as opposed to the other. In fact, YouTube has this little trigger where you can generate revenue through YouTube, but they limit your revenue if it's not safe for work. And there will be no revenue from that post-game show last night. Oh, all right. I'll tone it down next time. <laughs> so there you go. People I'm not sending you money, though. Yeah, we made up for it with all the people that were sending us money yesterday. So That's true. I heard that. It's like uh, Alf was like dancing for dollars. That's good. Yeah. yeah that's good. I may have shown a nipple or two. Uh, did you? I uh, don't. Uh, did you sell any <laughs> Manscaped on there? Got I did. I, listen, I talked a lot about um, the fact that we got some free kits and the entire Fire Reason Sports staff is well shaven. So, and we have some single men on the staff. So I put it out there to the ladies who listen to the, uh, the, the show. Okay, and like Kylie it. cringed as hard as she possibly could cringe. Yeah, um, I can see why we got no revenue. Um, anyway, check check that out. Manscaped.com. Five RSN is the code. Five RSN is the code. I got four kits still here, Adam. So if you want one, I can get one to you. All right, let's get to what we're going to talk about today. Which I'm going to start with Giannis because this is a story. Um, Mike Boonhoser came out today and was kind of all over the place with it, but. Sounds like it's a game time decision again. He's questionable. I did a video for the aforementioned YouTube channel in which I said, and this is not because I'm coming from a heat perspective on this. This is because I sat courtside in 1999 and watched Grant Hill ruin his career against the Miami Heat with a bad ankle in a series that everybody said, well, if Grant plays, they'll probably win because Hardaway's not playing and they got swept anyway. Hill ends up signing with Orlando for big money, but was never the same player again. Ended up having several major surgeries. And he became a really good role player. And now he's on NBA TV. Instead of being known as one of the top 10 players of all time, he's known as a guy who was really, really good, who could have been better. Um, I'm not saying that's going to happen to Giannis, but I I'll start with you, Adam. You know, they're down 3-1 in the series. They've played really well without him. Not that they're better without him, but they've played well without him. And he's going to be a free agent in a year plus. And the way that Milwaukee handles this is going to be probably part of the equation why would you allow him to play? I think, I think game five is a pretty pivotal game in the series. If Giannis were to play and they were to somehow come out with a win, I think all the momentum is shifting in their favor and it, it'll look really tough for the Heat to rally against that momentum and try to get the, that last win. Uh, as we know, the closeout game is the hardest game to win. Uh, and I think if Giannis plays and they win that game, all the momentum's in their favor. But Alf, the risk, I, I just, I, I don't Honestly, if risk he plays, reward here. If he plays for, for coach Bud to save his job, you know what I mean? Like that's, that's the only reason why he would play that. And it's, and it kind of makes me sick, you know, to really think about it. Um, you're to beat a team that has, what's the heat's record against him this year? Um, like nine and two. No, oh, against Milwaukee. No, they were two and no, so no, so five and two, five and two, right? Um, I, I actually I bundled in some of last year to it. Um, they're five and two this year. So to think that you're going to beat this team four, uh, four straight is you know it's foolhardy. Like you're not you're you're not going to win this series, and for you to risk a guy who was basically screaming in pain and in a boot on the way to the team bus yesterday to save your job. Is, is a joke. Like, he shouldn't play. Um, 
and we can all talk about competitive spirit and everything else. If he sat out game four, the media would have lit him up, right? We all know what would have happened. The Skip Baylesses and the Colin Cowherds and all those loudmouths would have would have just torn him to pieces. But at this point, after the way you saw him go down last game, I don't think anyone would 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 chastise him for not playing in game five. And he needs to sit out. And this is not as a Heat fan. This is a fan of the NBA and a fan of this guy who who is probably top three right now. And I would like to see him have a long career. And I don't know if an ankle injury in game five is going to ruin his career, but I'd rather not risk it for to to win a game that doesn't ultimately matter. Yeah, I mean, to me, the politics of this are so important um, because it, it goes beyond just can you win a series or not, but it goes to when you look at what happened with Golden State last year where, you know, there was some question, did Durant want to play? Did he not want to play? And, of course, he pops the Achilles and then he leaves and supposedly he wasn't with the reason he left but certainly there was a lot of there were a lot of murky circumstances there that could have played a role in it and i just wonder the politics of this adam because okay like alf hit on it to some it's going to be perceived as bud trying to save his job now if it's giannis who wants to play if it's he he wants to play he wants to be out there for his teammates and i don't doubt that he does okay he has that reputation my encounters with him my interactions my observations of him just as a visiting player the times i've interviewed him he genuinely cares about other people. He cares about his teammates. I've, I've said this before on Twitter, but when he came down here with Milwaukee this year, you know, and I've watched him do this before over the course of his career, he made sure to call over all of the equipment attendants in the, uh, in the visiting locker room to make sure that they got their tips after the game. Like a lot of times play, players, I don't know if fans realize this, but when there are actual you know, equipment attendants in, in arenas, the players tip these guys a lot, Okay. Um, but sometimes they'll pass it through to somebody else. But Giannis wanted to make sure personally that they all got their money. And I can tell you it was not a small amount of money, okay? I mean, he, was, he wasn't doing it so we could see it, but it was in clear sight. He cares about other people. I'm sure he cares about his teammates. I'm sure he cares about his coach. I mean, he's the one who came out and said, you know, when Jason Kidd was – everybody thought Jason Kidd should be fired, and Giannis was defending him kind of towards the end. What do you do, Adam, if he wants to play for his teammates, but organizationally you look at it and say – it's not in his interest, and maybe it's not in our long-term interest if, if he's ultimately going to be a member of the Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah, I think it's a tricky situation for both parties involved. Uh, you know Giannis isn't going to throw Coach Bud under the bus. He's not going to say, well, I wanted to play, and, and the organization wouldn't let me. So it, it really comes down to what the organization wants to do, how they feel about this series. Do they feel like they can win without him? Um, and ultimately, ultimately, it's about the player's health. And I think we all know that Giannis wants to play and he wants to get out there. Um, but I don't think he's willing to risk the reputation of his teammates, the reputation of his coach, of the front office for this game. So I, I think he'll, he'll, he'll obviously want to play, but he won't express it uh, publicly. What happens, Alf, if he doesn't play? And they win without him again. Um, then you're going to have the uh, the ignorant talking head saying, "Are they better without Giannis?" <laughs> like how they used to have the "without Wade" hashtag down here, and it's just it's abs- it's a, it's a joke. They're not better with without Giannis. What happens is you have a team that's prepared for Giannis, 
their entire game plan, defensive scheme is is slanted towards stopping Giannis from getting into the paint. And then now they have to come up with a new game plan in the middle of a game or in the middle of a series. And that's not very easy to do. Like a team led by uh, uh, Vincenzo, Vincenzo, whatever his name is, and Chris Middleton and Brooke Lopez is not better than a team with Giannis. Like, let's just. I get... thought you were going to say Vincent Van Gogh. I, whatever his name, what Dante Vincenzo. I think I got it right this time. I called him yes. Vinny on the on the post game show, um, but that Vinny. Tells yeah, that Vinny? Was, yeah, I, I called him White Vinny because they called him White Dante, and I was I, I was really drunk. Um, but that team is not better without Giannis. So there, but you're going to get the talking heads asking that question and then questioning his validity as an MVP, and it's because we live in a really really stupid sportscape and. You know, pe- people don't actually look at, you know, matchups and game to game and what happens. So if he and if he doesn't play, I really want to see what Spolster comes up with, because I I was not happy if you watch the postgame show uh, about the way they approach defending that team without Giannis. Mm-hmm. I would like to see them. And I've said this a few times on Twitter. If you didn't watch the postgame show. I want them to do to him what they did to TJ Warren and Jeremy Lin and countless others in the past. They need to trap, blitz, double team. They need to make his life a living hell and let the rest of these guys try to beat them. Like, let Wes Matthews beat you, and let's see what happens. But the odd thing about it is uh, Chris Middleton came into game. I think I don't think this is getting enough play. Chris Matt, uh, Chris. Chris Middleton, Chris Matthews, sorry, he's, he's not employed currently. Uh, Chris, Chris Middleton came into game four shooting 36%, 35% from, from the field in the fourth quarter. And he went 0 of 6. And I rewatched the game today. He, he, he went 0 of 6 in game four um, and then made a couple of shots in overtime. But his play in, in the fourth quarter pretty much put the Heat in position to win the game. I don't know that we need to. I don't. I don't know that we need to overemphasize, you know, making uh, making Chris Middleton's life miserable. I just think honestly, and I watched it again. If if the Heat just come in with eighty percent effort in that game, they win by fifty. Of 15. course, Ethan. But one of the things is, <laughs> wh- wh- how do you get to a fourth quarter where where it's not even in question? And the way you get to that fourth quarter is by completely eliminating Chris Middleton, and and that's what. I would like to see. I want Chris Middleton completely neutralized and let these other guys get to the fourth quarter within within eight, six, four points. I think if you neutralize Chris Middleton uh, for the first 36 minutes, you're going to go into the quarter, or the fourth quarter up by 15, 18 points, and it's not going to matter at that point. Um, that's why I was so – I don't want – I was upset about the officiating, but I don't want to blame it on mm-hmm. the officiating because it should have never been right. close. Like you let right. you let Chris Middleton go off on you, and you you put your, you put the Bucks in a position to to make it a, a game where the refs had to decide it, and that was the problem. Well, I hate the last two minute report um, for all the reasons that other people do. You know, Dwayne Wade used to talk about this all the time, and LeBron hated it also. It's like, why? Why is it only the last two minutes we're reviewing? I mean, you know, there, there were blown calls throughout the game that affected how they ended up where they ended up. And then you were just talking about the last two minutes. And yes, and I can't even figure out which call they were objecting to because the, the last two-minute report today had the, I guess it was the, what was it, the, the Hill play on Jimmy 
with about 24 seconds left in, in regulation. But the other play, was it the Bledsoe play? I get them mixed up, where they reversed it, but they couldn't, uh, they couldn't basically rule on the fact that, oh, wait, we missed a foul on that. That's a stupid rule to begin with. But, like, the, the last two-minute report to me, all that does is Piss people off. put the focus – on a portion of the game that, yes, of course, it, ten, it ends up being decisive in close games. But like you said, there's a million reasons that it got there. And to me, uh, if I'm looking at like the three or four culprits in that game on, on why it got there, the number one is the overall intensity. And to be honest, that started with Jimmy. J- Jimmy was not the Jimmy we've seen throughout the playoffs. And Greg and I and, and talked about – and Brady talked about this yesterday – Jimmy, everybody talks about, okay, you know, Jimmy's going to put, you, you know, his neck on your throat and basically finish you, right? But that's not his history. <laughs> his history is he's an underdog. And, and you know, in, and, you know, in sort of pushing back against things. And LeBron in some ways was like this. Dwayne was a little bit opposite. But I, I feel like with a 3 nothing lead, you're not going to get the same Jimmy that you would down 3-2 in a series. And, and, and let's start with that one. Am I wrong about that? Because I, I feel like everybody was waiting for Jimmy to kind of, you know, okay, we're gonna we're gonna take care of Milwaukee, but everybody had spent the past week talking about how great Jimmy was, and that's not what fuels him. Well, I think what I expected and what I expect from this team is that we always talk about the gentleman sweep during the Big Three era, where they were almost like, you know, we got this, we'll give them a game. You know, they took their foot off the gas. I want I was expecting from a Jimmy Butler led team that if they have a if they have a wounded animal in front of them they're going to put it out of its misery. And I think that was what was about to happen, but the problem was when Giannis went out, it completely changed their entire game plan, their mentality, and they eased up almost like, well, this is going to be a cakewalk now. And I think it also led to the fact that okay, what do we do defensively now? What do we do offensively? Where do, where do we run, you know, where are we running our plays, our schemes defensively? Who are we keyed in on? Because we've talked about this in the past, Ethan. Eric is really, really good when he has a guy or two guys that they need to stop and they let the other guys beat them. Mm-hmm. There was nothing but other guys on the floor. And, it, and without a week of practice, you know, it, it just seemed like the Heat did not know what to do in that situation, which is upsetting as a fan. But listen, there's letdown. This is a four, this is a seven game series. Things like this happen. You throw a wrench into the, you know, you throw a wrench into the mix. You get this Ewing theory. I hate quoting the Ewing theory because it's a Bill Simmons thing. It's Bill Simmons, <laughs> and it yeah. just, it kind of just throws everything off. Like it, it was a but weird. There is something to it. And I wonder you've hit on it. And Adam, you know, we talk a lot about the whole random scrub heat killer concept, right? But there may actually be science to it <laughs> because this started during the Eric Spolstra era. And what, 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 uh, what Alf is getting at here is, Likely, this is like the ultimate Alf's eye test because we would need to do 12 years of research on this. So I'll, I'll throw I'll that task to it to uh, Christian Hernandez or Alex or something. Yeah, have, have Christian yeah. do it or, or, or w- wake Alex up and have him do it. I, I just, it, we'd have to do some serious research. But it does seem to me that like when Spolster teams want to key on one guy, a star, they will neutralize that player to an extent. Maybe not, maybe not in just w- in one game or one quarter, but over the course of time. Whereas it does seem like whenever other pl- teams have players missing 
or when a team comes in here and they're sitting four guys or they're just honestly just not very good. Like those are the guys that always, you know, hurt the heat. Is, is that, is this random or is this, is there something to this? No, I, I don't think it's random per se. I do think that when Eric Spolstra says to his team, basically all you have to do in this game is stop Giannis keep your eyes on Giannis. It feels like during games that all five players on the heat are watching Giannis, making sure that he get, doesn't get to his stop he do, or his spot. He doesn't get to do a spin move and it leaves other guys with more room to maneuver more, more room to get their shot off. And there were a few times during the series where I would see Bam sort of looking at Giannis, almost walking over to Giannis as he's, dribbling and leaving Brooke a little too open. And that's how Brooke was able to fire off all those threes and get fouled on some of those threes because all five guys are watching Giannis and they're making sure that he doesn't get what he wants. And I think that's a positive for the C team, but it's also a negative because now all these... Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Other guys are getting hot, and that's where the random scrub heat color comes from. Yeah, I mean, there's a long history of it. And at some point, this will be like a thesis for somebody in college, if there still are colleges at that point. I, I want to get to the next thing that I thought was problematic in this game. And we did address this some on the post game. Uh, but I, I, I really was not a fan of shortening the bench to seven in the second half and overtime. Um, you've talked all season and all postseason, and since you've been in the bubble, that our depth is our strength, Right. And then you, you're going against a shorthanded team that doesn't have its star and you trim your team down to seven. I, I, I get it that it was, this was probably like, let's sort of, you know, I, I don't want to, I was going to use a certain analogy, but I don't want to let's, let's throw, you know, our best seven guys out there and finish this thing, just end it. And then everybody gets a week off. Okay. So I, I understand where it came from, but I still didn't like it. I, I, I don't understand why Derek Jones Jr. wouldn't have been as some value in short minutes if he didn't trust Kendrick Nunn. Um, I don't know where Kelly Olynyk's health is right now. He did play in the game, but then didn't play in the second half. Would you expect Eric to go deeper in this game after, you know, they lost playing Goran Dragic 40 minutes, playing Bam in the 40s, playing Jimmy in the high 30s? Should they go deeper in this game, Alf? Um, Tiffany Meeks, um, who is a new contributor to Five Reasons Sports, was on the postgame show with us yesterday and did a fantastic job, pointed out that the Heat had a lot of trouble with the three-guard lineups that the Bucks threw out. And if the Bucks are going to continue with those lineups, yes, you better go deeper into the bench. And Kendrick Nunn, I don't know if he's the answer at all. I, in fact, I don't think he's the answer. We've seen all season when – there's a team goes with a three-guard lineup or they, a team is killing you at the guard position. Your best option on the heat bench is Derrick Jones Jr. I think Derrick Jones Jr. would have done a better job against Chris Middleton than Jay Crowder. Who, and let's not, you know, let's give Jay Crowder all the credit in the world. But Jay Crowder uh, defends from a position of strength. 
And that's why he does a really, really good job on Giannis because he can't, he doesn't get bullied by Giannis. Strength against Chris Middleton is not the answer. Length against Chris Middleton is the answer. So your Andre Iguodala's, your Derrick Jones Juniors, those are the guys that are going to do the best, are, are going to be your best options on off the bench at least, outside of Jimmy Butler on a guy like Middleton and DiVincenzo and all these other guys. So what what I I, I agree with you. The bench has to be they they have to go deeper in the bench, but it has to be selective. If Kelly's not if Kelly's not right, Kelly looked good. I don't know why right. they just went away from Kelly. Kelly does a good job on Brooke Lopez. Brooke Lopez isn't fleet of foot. He's not a great rebounder. Um, he's not a guy that's going to kill you in the post too much. So Kelly did a good job against Brooke Lopez, and he did he just he, he he did well out there. And then we saw how they looked gassed in the fourth quarter in overtime, mm-hmm. and that's partly because, like you said, they only went seven deep in the in the second half. So I would like to see some of these guys get more run, but and I would like it to be uh, more selective, and I like it to be targeted at who are the guys that are beating you right now. If they're going out there with a three guard lineup, you know, there's things that there there are options for the Heat um, that can kind of mitigate some of that. Well, also I know I know there's a lack of trust with none right now, but the three guard lineups with Dragic, Nunn, and Hero this year were pretty good, and I I, I get it that Nunn is struggling. Um, and you know, heat fans were saying they didn't want to see him in the second half, but I thought that the, the, the response would be to play Derek Jones jr. Now you also have Jay Crowder on the injury report with an ankle issue. You saw that, that sort of scary fall he had at the end of the game. I thought it was a knee. Um, but I, I expect him to play, but here's my issue with it, Adam. I mean, Goran Dragic, you know, has had a couple of sub sort of subpar games for him in the bubble, but in this one, you know, I don't think it's a coincidence that he shot five of 17 and one of nine from three in a game that he played 40 minutes. I mean, even if some of those misses were early, late in the game, he did not have his legs uh, the way that I'm used to seeing it. And I just, I just don't think as well as he's playing, and I understand overtime stretched at five minutes, but Goran should be in the low 30s, I, I think. We talked in the regular season about being somewhere between like, what was it, Alf? Like 23 to 26, somewhere yeah. in that range, you know, would be optimal. Okay, so now you're in the playoffs. So 30, 32, 34 is stretching it. But he was at 35 before the overtime. I, to me, that's too much. Oh, you're right. And it, it looked like from the get-go, he didn't really have his legs under him. Uh, and overall, I thought that the only Heat players that were really ready to sweep the Bucks were Bam, Duncan, and Jake Crowder. And Ultimately, that's not enough to beat the number one seed. And I'm not even going to give that much credit to Chris Middleton. It looked like he was killing them, but he was actually just 12 for 28. Right. You know, so it yeah. really is more of an effort thing. Um, you know, if you get that Chris Middleton game 12 of 28, chances are you're going to win the game. Uh, it's, it's not like he was, he was you know, murdering you. Uh, it's, it really was all about effort. And I think that if they had just a little more intensity, a little more effort, you live with whatever Chris Middleton does because you know you're going to get the win. All right, we're going to get to what's going on in the other series in the Eastern Conference because that game is, uh, we talked, that, that was a massacre tonight. And we're going to talk about kind of where that's heading and, and where Boston may be also and how they sort of got to the place they've gotten because it's, it's an interesting story. But first I want to tell you about another of the great sponsors of the five reasons sports network, a new sponsor of ours. And that's Mark Brown PA. Um, you can find him. He's a real estate litigation and transaction attorney. This is a full service attorney owned 
title company as well, a $295 closing fee on all refinances and purchases when mentioning five reasons. That's right, $295. That's a really good deal if you've been involved in real estate at all. Closing fee on all refinances and purchases when mentioning five reasons. They also handle evictions for landlords and tenants, and they offer flat fee evictions. They've been practicing for nearly 15 years. Again, it's Mark Brown, PA. You can find him at Mark. This is M-A-R-C, M-A-R-C at markbrownpa.com or call the office 954-566-5678. Again, it's 954-566-5678. If you need a real estate attorney, this is where you go, markbrownpa.com. All right, let's get to the other series. It looked like Boston had taken control of that series. They were up 2-0. And of course, the late shot by, uh, by OG Ananobi in game three on the pass from Kyle Lowry and then Toronto with a great performance by Lowry, although not necessarily offensively, but he did everything else or not necessarily efficiency. I should say they win game four. And then today they scored 11 Toronto did in the first quarter and got run off the floor. And actually they, they fulfilled, this is the first time I think a Charles Barkley guarantee was actually fulfilled. And to me, if I were Nick nurse, I would have just pulled the starters, not even played them in the second half. Cause there was no point, but Boston's up three, two in that series. They've looked like the better team in that series. And we've talked a lot about which is the better matchup for Miami. And there'll be time for that. And I don't want to be blamed for jinxing the heat as they're trying to close out the bucks. Cause I've been blamed for that enough, but I want to go back to kind of how Boston got here because Adam, when I talk about the teams that are going to be the biggest threat to the heat down the line beyond this season, in the Eastern Conference, to me, it looks like Brooklyn. It looks like Toronto, depending on who they can keep. And it looks like Boston. And I think what's interesting about that is that a lot of us clowned on Danny Ainge for, not, for misusing his assets when he had the, those, all those incredible assets and not sort of dealing them to get Anthony Davis and not dealing them to get Kawhi. And, you know, he didn't want to trade Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum to get Kawhi. And, you know, then obviously in the Kyrie for Kemba move, which I can tell you a lot of people, the Heat thought was an upgrade for Boston to bring in Kemba for Kyrie. And now he's got a team that, that could go to the finals uh, this season, even, again, with, with a feeling that he squandered some assets. How dangerous are they now and how dangerous are they in the future? Oh, I think, I think they're definitely going to the finals. Um, now and in the future, uh, they, they're a young team. They have fresh legs. Uh, they have a lot of future picks coming up still. And in the future, uh, I think they are getting off of Gordon Hayward's contract in a year or two. Um, I think right around 2021. So they'll have some space to maneuver and do some things. But I think the big selling point with that team is that they're young. And some of their bigger named asset or guys uh, haven't hit their ceiling. Uh, so I think I, I want to call them the Brooklyn Celtics because it seems like everything that they've done right came from Brooklyn, uh, and I'll never give them any credit for that. But um, look, they're dangerous. I mean, there's no other way to put it. Alf, uh, they they're also kind of likable. I mean, I don't know how you feel about Marcus Marcus Smart as uh, a flyer, what? but but they're they're more likable than they were. Ethan, they're the Celtics. There's no such thing I, as a likable Celtic. That but they're not the Pierce Garnett Celtics, right? They're not the Pierce Garnett Rondo. They're, Celtics. Are, are they're still with the Celtics. Okay. 
I mean, and we 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 hate Brad Stevens. Uh, okay. We hate the Celtics. Okay, now why we, do you we hate, hate the Brad city Stevens? of Boston? No, let, let's hold on, hold on, back up, back up, back, back up. I, I understand the premise that Brad Stevens has been overrated by the general public and by NBA writers, and put ahead of Spolster and all that. But how do you what what do you hate about Brad? How can you hate Brad Stevens? I hate his face. Um, <laughs> it's very punchable. <laughs> Um, it's it's mostly the Spo stuff, right? It, this this is what happens with Heat fans. You know, you ha- you have to remember that I haven't always been an analyst. I'm barely one now. Um, <laughs> I'm a Heat fan first, and anytime that you you get these these guys that people like to, you know, they take away from what Spo has done, and they they point to Brad Stevens and uh, when he would take some trash team to the second round of the playoffs and lose in four games and talk about how great he was out of timeouts and what a great uh, genius he was and all this other crap. Um, yeah, we, we, we don't like him. Um, and then, yeah, you have, and then there's the whole, the things with the assets and the Danny Ainge and Pat Riley. Yes. No, we don't, we don't like them. They're not, they're not a likable team. Enos Canner isn't likable. Tice has a punchable face. Um, Jason Tatum, just like, I, I need, I need his hairline, uh, to do better. Uh, Jalen Brown. I like that's the only guy on the whole team. Well, I was going like. to see that one. I could not imagine you not liking Jalen Brown. I like Jalen Brown. And I think he's in the wrong place. Like he's, he, <laughs> he doesn't belong in Boston. Um, I just feel bad for him at this point, but I don't, I, you know, I don't like Tatum. I don't like Mark. I don't like Marcus smart. Kemba Walker is likable, um, but he's going to, he's going to torch the heat. And if they do, if, if the heat and Celtics play, uh, he will be easily unlikable after a few games uh, of torching our guard. So remember the Hornet series. You can't can't not like Kemba though. I I get, I, I I didn't like Adam is right. I didn't like him in the Hornet series. I hated him. I hated him and Jeremy Lin. Absolutely (laughs) hated them. (laughs) You see, Ethan is so far removed from fandom. He's like, oh, they're they're adorable. How can you not like them? I hate their faces. I I, I believe me. And believe me, I will come to hate Jalen Brown if it if it if need be. No, I just hate Jay Crowder no, and Kelly no, Olynyk. You, you will not. You will not. You will I not will. hate Jalen Brown. I will. As soon as the series is over, I'll be I'll go back to liking him again. Well, well here, c- can we give Brad Stevens any credit for no. some development of Jay Crowder and Kelly Olynyk who no. played together on those scrappy teams with Isaiah Thomas of all people as their best player that made it to the second round? Kelly Olynyk and Jay Crowder had not had not reached their true potential until they played for Eric Spolstra. <laughs> Brad Stevens held both of them back. Um, they should have won a championship with those two guys on their team as their I two lead it. guys, Crowder yes. and Olynyk. Yeah. Kelly Olynyk, when he was with the Celtics, he was known for two things. He was breaking Kevin Love's arm and Game 7 against the Wizards, right? That's it. That's Pretty it. Much. And yeah. also for Brad Stevens deciding to to put him on LeBron for <laughs> – for extended oh, yeah, like was, for, was, for like extended periods yeah, like he, did. he was going to be some kind of lebron stopper he, he did whenever lebron if you've ever noticed whenever lebron has gotten a white guy on him uh it's just it's, it's just almost disrespectful most, for him it's the most it's, it's the ultimate disrespect to him it's just i mean it, you know you know if uh you know, if he gets he gets a Hispanic guy on him like JJ Beret, he doesn't know what to do. But but when he got when he, get, he gets a white guy on him, uh, LeBron is like all putting Joe Ingles on on LeBron, like right. I mean, well, I know I think it's more a white American thing. But actually, Kelly doesn't qualify for that either. By the way, I was looking at the Canadian uh, the Canadian uh, what could be a potential Canadian national team. Canada's got some really good players right now. Like Kelly would Kelly would be in a fight to start for that team. 
right now. Do you, you know, you got Jamal Murray, you got uh, SGA. You know, there have been team. quite a few uh, Canadian basketball players coming through. Uh, you, I mean, you look at the top ten of the draft every year. There's like one or two Canadians. Yeah, no, it's it's and and it's funny. The, the one who was the number one overall pick is the one who disappointed, right? Yeah, because you, you forget that there's black people in Canada sometimes. That's a good point. That that no, that is a good point. See, we've learned a lot here today. You <laughs> you're, you you hate Kemba Walker's face, which I don't think is possible. No, I didn't I say know. I hate Kemba Walker's face. I said I will hate his face. <laughs> ah, I, got I hate Tatum's hairline and I hate Brad Stevens' face. How can you blame someone for their hairline? I didn't listen. There are barbers out there. I, I said it on the post game show yesterday. Tony Brothers Barber needs to be shot and thrown in a ditch. Okay. Like there's barbers out there that could make your hairline and make your face look better. And whoever lets Tony Brothers walk out of a barbershop um, looking like a villain from a Disney movie needs to, ne- needs to lose his license. And I will stand by that. The, the, the best part of this, Alf, is during the pandemic, the worst of it you actually invited me to go get my haircut in a garage somewhere. And I don't know what that was going to look like. Uh, unfortunately, I couldn't schedule that. I st- I'm getting my, I still get my haircut in uh, my shout out to Salim, the barber, uh, find him on Instagram. He's my barber. He, it, after the pandemic, he opened his own shop in his garage one at a time. Everyone, he wears a mask. It's a uh, very clean, very uh, sanitized. And he does a fantastic job. So when you see me on the post game show looking normal, it's because of Salim. And if you see me looking like I've spent three weeks on an island like Castaway, it's because I, I haven't seen Salim in a while. But that's what I'm saying. A good barber can make an ugly person look decent. Like Jason Tatum should get a better barber. <laughs> how many? How many? Uh, how many 47 year old Jews uh, hair, hair has Salim the barber cut in his garage? Plenty. Well, I don't know in the garage. Back in the shop, we there was, they should be old white guys there all the time. All right, they would go. be very offended by the music that was playing and the conversations going on. That's right. Just uh, I, I'm not going to take this any further. I want to tell you about another great sport. We'll be back with one more segment here. I want to tell you about another great sponsor of the Five Reasons Sports Network, and that's My Bookie. Winning season has returned at My Bookie. It means doubling your first deposit. It means Survivor Super Contest and squares. And My Bookie winning season means hitting all your parlays and props with your feet up, and then collecting your winnings. And remember, it's NFL season. It does not feel like that at all. But the Dolphins actually play as we speak here. In one week from today, we're going to have a a show on our YouTube channel called uh, Yard Prep every Sunday from 1130 to noon with our guy Josh Houts, Alfredo Arteaga, and others. But anyway, while you're doing that, you're checking out uh, our show, make sure that you bet over at mybookie.ag. Use the promo code five on the floor and you'll double your first deposit. That's right, double your first deposit. New players get up to $1,000 in free play, up to $1,000 in free play. Use the promo code five on the floor. Winning season begins today only at mybookie. All right, let's get to it real quick here. Picks, game five. I'm going to give you two options. Adam. Giannis plays, Heat win, Heat lose. Uh, Giannis plays, Heat win. Giannis doesn't play. Heat win. Alf, Giannis plays. Same for both. Yeah, the, I think they, it's they, over. The, the Heat are closing it out. Um, I, 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 I they're they're going to have a game plan for no Giannis, which is, which is what they didn't have last, uh, last time out. Mm-hmm. And if the Giannis does play, they're going to stick to the game plan that has neutralized the Bucks uh, for the first three games. So either way, I think the Heat pull this out, and I think actually they win big. I think they crush their spirit 
uh, by the end of the third quarter, and the uh, the Bucks just come out flat and they run away with it. And and think they're not going to have even if they close out in five, they're not going to have as as much rest. But I think if the Heat were watching that Boston game today, they got to be thinking the Celtics are going to close that thing out. You don't want to screw around with the Bucks any longer than you have to. Uh, I I do think that the energy is going to be there. I think you're going to get a Jimmy game. I that was not Jimmy like in that game. The intensity was just not there from him. But they're a little up against the wall again. People are starting to question a little bit. That's where Jimmy likes it. I think you'll get a stronger, stronger overall game. He had moments, but he was not consistent. He was pissed after last game. Pissed. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what he, I want to see out of Jimmy Butler. Yeah, they were he all pissed. He, he was. He, no, that's where he needs to be. That's his headspace. Him, he's not a front runner. He's not a front runner. There are certain players that play better from ahead. He's not that guy. Okay. He needs to be challenged. Um, and a lot of the slights are perceived. Uh, one, one thing that, uh, that his agent told me, his agent lives in Toronto, and his agent told me that Jimmy always tries to crush Toronto just because it pisses off his agent. That's Jimmy, okay? I love that. <laughs> okay. So he needs, to be, he needs to be in that headspace. He was not in that headspace. for. I think I want Chris Middleton to do poorly just so I can rub it in Nikias' face. And I love Nikias, so I understand. I'm like the Jimmy Butler of Five Reasons Sports. I'm going to give myself that title. You can have that title. Also, make sure you set up a haircut for me in a garage and, uh, and, and call Kemba Walker's face adorable. All right. We'll be back tomorrow. We got pregame. We got a pregame stream that I'm hosting, a postgame stream that Alf's hosting. Again, we have a new contributor, Tiffany Meeks. Uh, Adam, thanks for joining us. Follow him at Clutch NBA at 5R. Goes a little bit more around the league than we do. Of course, follow our 5 on the Floor 5 account and our 5 Reason Sports account. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. We should get over 5,000 in the next 48 hours. We appreciate you. Thanks. Have a good night or day. Thank you for listening to the Five on the Floor on the Five Regional Sports Network. Ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.